Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Maté. President Trump is refusing to concede his loss to Joe Biden in the presidential race, citing nationwide voter fraud. Trump has not produced any concrete evidence for his assertions, but that has not stopped a number of top Republicans from following suit. This includes Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Secretary of State of Georgia, who has just announced a full recount of the state's presidential votes. The presidential race. With the margin being so close, it will require a full by-hand recount in each county. This will help build confidence. It will be an audit, a recount, and a recanvas all at once. It will be a heavy lift, but we will work with the counties to get this done in time for our state certification. Well, my next guest argues that if we were truly concerned about election fraud, we would be looking at those who are currently alleging it. The Republicans across the country, including President Trump, who have overseen the purging of tens of thousands of people from the voter rolls, primarily people of color. Greg Pallast is a veteran investigative journalist and author of several books, including The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. His latest is called How Trump Stole 2020. Greg Pallas, welcome to Pushback. Glad to be with you again. You've been covering voter suppression and voter theft for a very long time. Before we get into that, I want to just ask your reaction to President Trump's claims of voter fraud impacting him and his refusal to concede the election because of it. What do you make of Trump's claims so far? And have you seen any evidence that voter fraud hurt his campaign in this election? I've seen tons and tons of evidence of voter fraud, or be more exact, fraud upon the voter, committed by Trump's minions. So, you know, you've got literally, you got the bank robbers saying, wait, the teller took the money. It's no, 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 no. That's not what happened. Okay. There was massive vote threat, theft in this election, and we're exposing it uh, all around the nation, and especially in Georgia. I'm very concerned as to um, Trump's claim that there's that there were uh, massive millions of votes mailed in from and uh, Donnie Jr. said from Mars. These votes could come from Mars, Donnie Jr. said in Philadelphia. Well, I checked uh, Mars. You can't can't have come from Mars because they don't sell postage stamps there. They could not have been mailed in from Mars. And in fact, um, the big problem is that millions of votes have been mailed in and rejected, not counted. We've had a massive non-count in this nation that I'm very, very afraid of. Um, and it puts Trump within striking distance of challenging this election and stealing the Senate. Where do you think this non-count is most impactful? Georgia, no question. Control the Senate, two Senate seats. Now, let me tell you right now, John Ossoff won. When I say he won, he didn't just win the right to get into a runoff. He's a couple votes just below the, the 50% uh, plus one ballot mark to win straight out, clean and clear. But what happened? I just checked the numbers in Georgia. I've been um, you know, uh, working with people on the ground in Georgia, our, the Palace investigative team and the other experts, ACLU and others. And here's what we just found out. We are checking with counties and finding out that, are you ready? 30 
percent, almost one in three ballots that were mailed in have been disqualified, not counted. We just checked it in the Atlanta area with Gwinnett County and others. And um, so you have this massive non-count of the mail vote rejected for all kinds of cockamamie reasons. They didn't someone scotch taped their ballot shut. They left out the second envelope. You have to have two envelopes. Uh, they they someone challenged their signature so that the middle initial is missing. Now, who cares if it's random? It ain't random. It is right now in the African-American communities, particularly. And we know that the Democratic Party which was bitten by some type of mail-in madness bug, told people to mail in their votes, despite the fact that it is documented to a fair view well that in a normal election, one in five ballots is simply thrown out that are mailed in or not counted, according to MIT and Caltech uh, voting project studies. This is well-known. Mail-in ballots are playing Russian roulette with your ballot. But I warned that it wouldn't be one in five ballots. Now it's at least one in three, and that's small because it may be way more than one in three because we also know a lot of people lost their vote because they asked for the mail-in ballot and didn't get that ballot, including, by the way, I remember in the primary, the husband of the head of the ACLU of Georgia asked for the ballot 45 days in advance and got it the day after the election. So I'm massively concerned about the massive non-count of mail-in ballots, overwhelmingly Democratic, as you saw in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're going to challenge that vote saying, oh, it's phony mail-in ballots. What I'm concerned is no one, no one, no one is raising the question of the non-count of the ballots. When they do this recount in Georgia, I would want to find out the Democrats are going to demand that those ballots that were rejected be reviewed. Why were they rejected? These are American citizens. They didn't arrest anyone, so they're not fraudulent ballots. By the way, if there is a fraudulent ballot, go out, find the perpetrator, arrest them, call in the FBI right now. But mm -mm. these are tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of ballots, not counted, concentrated in places like Georgia, uh, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and no, Tom Tillis didn't win North Carolina. And there's other reasons also. I mean, not fair and square. I'm telling you that. They are stealing the United States Senate before our eyes. And all we're doing is saying, oh, Trump's wrong. There's no vote fraud. Yeah, there's vote fraud on a scale you cannot imagine. But it's a fraud against the voters. All right. So you're saying a lot there. Um, yep. In North Carolina, you're saying that Cal Cunningham, should he have not conceded to Tom Tillis in the Senate race? I'm not saying that what I'm because remember the votes, you know, one of the biggest uh, problems also, which I haven't mentioned yet. If you go to gregpalace.com, you'll see this is the mass purge of voters of color in this race. Mass purge, illegal purge of voters. It started in Georgia in 2018 when Brian Kemp was running for governor. While he was secretary of state, which allowed him to just clean off the voter rolls of voters he didn't like. So we have a guy running for governor instead of and he was running against Stacey Abrams. Now, I've been working in Georgia seven years, so I know what's going on there. And so I did an analysis with a group of experts and we issued a report called and the ACLU issued our report, the ACLU of Georgia. We identified by name and address. 198,351 voters wrongly purged, that is wrongly removed from the voter rolls. And that included, and I think, uh, you know, if you can play a clip of it, 
Uh, we have a one-minute film that, by the way, released by Leonardo DiCaprio, um, which in which I'm right at the polling station when you meet these voters who have vanished, been vanished from the voter rolls of Georgia and also states uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and other states. But it really started in Georgia. And there you will see an elderly woman who has denied her right to vote after voting at the same polling station for 50 years. I was there when she was thrown out. Her granddaughter is in hysterics. And has this ever happened to you before? Never. How long have you been voting? Oh, my life, ever since I was old enough. But I've been voting right here, ever since 1968. And it's just, it's horrible. And, and I say that because the West End, she's been in this community back when we could, when they were doing sit-ins. She held civil rights meetings at her home. And today to come out and not be able to vote and no one can give you an explanation, like it's extremely emotional and it bothers me. It bothers me to my core. Like there's actually no record of her whatsoever voting in any election whatsoever and it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Why was she thrown out? I looked up the records. She was thrown out because they said that she had moved her address. Moved. Okay, if you don't live in Atlanta, you can't vote in Atlanta. I went to her house that they said she moved out of. And there on the wall is a picture of her having dinner at that house with Martin Luther King Jr. And which... Who is her me, cousin? By the way, yeah. So I said, you knew Dr. King? says, yeah, that's my cousin. And... um by the way, but that photo, by the way, is proof that she's not moved from that house for at least 60 years. She lost her vote and 100, basically 200,000 other voters overwhelmingly in two groups. Black voters and young voters were just simply erased off the voter rolls. There's been virtually no discussion of this. The Brennan Center has talked about it, but the, the, what we did, the Palace Investigative Fund, that was different, and what we did with the ACLU, and in combination with Black Voters Matter, Latasha Brown and Cliff Albright out of Atlanta, is we identified the wrongly purged, literally each one by name and address in Georgia, in uh, Michigan, in Wisconsin, and we also have the purge list from North Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, if you let people vote and you counted the votes, Tillis would be roadkill. It's a blue state, North Carolina. Obama won it twice. But I was also there investigating. And um, we have some clips from our film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, about the trickery and the purge of voters in the state of North Carolina as well. So I'm very, very concerned. Uh, people have been distracted saying, uh, you know, oh, Trump's wrong. There's no fraud. There's no fraud. There's no fraud. We have wonderful elections. We're the perfect democracy. How dare he say otherwise? No, we aren't the perfect democracy. He's right, but it's the perpetrator who's making the claims of theft. So the thief is, is, going, is, Rob, is uh, shouting, stop thief. He is the thief. That's a problem. You mentioned the case of Christine Jordan, this 94-year-old woman in Georgia who's voted for 50 years, a cousin of Dr. King. So in her case, it was they tried to claim that she had moved falsely. 
What are some of the other key tactics that are used to purge people from the roles? Well, this moving business is the newest gimmick. And that was, uh, that's what I'm very afraid of in Georgia. Um, that's one. The other, the other reasons they say is uh, oh, um, that they uh, failed to vote twice and didn't respond to a postcard. And so they must have moved. That's the other way that they prove that they moved. They, so uh, in, in the case of Georgia, they claim that they used the post office change of address list. You know, the post office knows if you moved. Well, we checked. We not only checked with the post office, we hired the post office, which you can do. You can hire the post office through their contractors, and licensees. Georgia didn't. They used a phony list to remove voters mainly of color. So it's this moving business. See, you know, and so, or as they call it in Georgia, sometimes you use it or lose it. In other words, they say, okay, we think you've moved. So we're going to send you a postcard. Now you have to understand only about one out of 70 people return these cards, uh, you know, because it looks like junk mail. And then you've just thrown away your vote. It's a cute gimmick. But who gets these cards? It's overwhelmingly sent to young people and voters of color who, by the way, you know, you move inside. We, we had people who lost their vote moving within their apartment building, moving two doors down, that type of thing. And uh, think about students. Uh, there's one student in Savannah that just had a hellacious time uh, staying on the voter rolls. My daughter, uh, who lived in Savannah. And, um, you know, but she was moving dorm room to dorm room. Uh, and we also, we found this also in Wisconsin. And by the way, in Wisconsin, you know, but there was a different reaction in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is kind of a happy ending story, if you're interested in that. Of course. Well, that's where you worked with the Democratic lieutenant governor, in sharp yeah. contrast to the other states where you have elected officials who are actually attacking your research. Well, I have to say, use, use the term Democrat. I'm nonpartisan. The, the key factor about the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin is not that he's a Democrat, but he's African-American. And that's what I found is that when I'm dealing with African-American officials, they understand what we politely call vote suppression, which is the polite term for thievery. Um, and um, uh, so when I have African-American officials in general, they understand what's going on. And in the case of Wisconsin, they, the, the Republican state legislature, let's just call it the white legislature, the, the white legislature in Wisconsin um, voted to force the state to require the state to remove over 150,000 voters because they're on a, quote, mover list. The, that same gimmick. Oh, they moved. So once again, we hired our, we hired the post office. We hired uh, and the experts in address verification of people who know where you live. They call them address hygiene experts um, from Google, Amazon and eBay. You know, those guys have to know where you where you live. Uh, they know where you were last Thursday and they use one besides the postal uh, information. They used 1,700 data points to locate everyone with absolute accuracy. And again, they found that about 100,000 people, we have all their names and addresses, uh, were targeted for moving. And they didn't. You'll see another, if you go to gregpals.com, you watch these films, or maybe you can get them up, you'll see Sequana Taylor. Sequana Taylor, uh, they said, had moved from Milwaukee. She can't vote in Milwaukee. So I went to Sequana Taylor and I, uh, in Milwaukee, and I said, why are you voting in Milwaukee? It's against the law. And then she said, well, 
I live in Milwaukee. I said, no, no, prove it. And she said, well, that's easy because she was at the, I met her at the state building, at the county building, excuse me. And she said, look, on the wall, I'm a Milwaukee County supervisor. I don't think she left Milwaukee, but she was guilty of voting while black. That's the issue. And so here's the happy ending on Wisconsin, which is that we took this information to the Wisconsin Elections Board, which is bipartisan, not Republican control. And, you know, again, being pushed by the African-American lieutenant governor and, of course, all the African-American officials in Milwaukee. And uh, also I will uh, shout out, well, there's there's a white person on our side, the uh, elections uh uh, clerk for Madison, Wisconsin, where the students were getting shafted out of their vote. And they said, no, we're not going to remove these voters. We're not just because the 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 uh, legislature says so. We have a responsibility under the Constitution of the United States and under uh, federal law. It says you, you can't just knock off people on BS information. It's BS. We're not doing it. And because of that, Trump uh, Trump lost Wisconsin by just 20 some thousand votes, which he had won by just 20,000 some votes in 16. So what happens is imagine if we had not stopped the purge and overwhelmingly, almost everyone was a, a black voter in Milwaukee or a student voter in Madison. And, um, you know, Trump would have swiped the state again, Wisconsin. Michigan was very close. We didn't have a lot of help from officials in at the state level. You know, again, um, the white officials uh, really didn't even want us to mention that voters had been a third of a million voters had been purged in Michigan. However, um, I did get a uh, uh, word that the elections officials of Detroit were all handed my book, How Trump Stole 2020, uh, by the National Bar Association. The National Bar Association, by the way, is the African-American Bar Association. Um, and, uh, after reading the book, they said, Whoa, this is how Trump's going to steal it. And so they took steps to protect voters, including, um, a decision not to stop the stop counting in case Trump tried to move to enjoin the, the finish of the count. So we ended up with this, with a good ending in, in uh, Michigan. And I'm, when I say good ending, I don't mean Biden won. That's not my job. I, I'm a journalist. I, I just don't, I'm not partisan. When I say a good ending is that the voters in the end got to pick the winner in Michigan this time, uh, in Wisconsin this time, and despite it all in Georgia. And that's very, very important. We would have had a very different outcome if it weren't for the work of, um, you know, voter justice groups like Black Voters Matter and the ACLU. You say that election officials in Detroit were receptive to the voter theft that you were exposing. What about the uh, Democratic governor and uh, state attorney general? The state attorney general and now I've worked just so you know, I, I want to be careful. I want people to understand I have worked as a as an advisor, an investigator for several attorneys general of both parties around America, dozens of them include and also the Justice Department. So I say this advisedly, that the Attorney General and Secretary of State of Michigan are two of the most incompetent officials I've ever run across in that, in that office. And I've worked with these offices. I've sued these offices. I know competent and incompetent. 
And um, they couldn't care less about those black voters in Detroit. It's just that simple. I'm telling you, this is not partisan. This is racial. Um, the why you can, you know, why did uh, the Michigan? Uh, so you have a split between the the white state officials of Michigan and the black officials of of uh, Detroit. And, um, you know, the white officials literally did not want me to tell people that they'd been purged from the voter rolls so they could re-register. They literally did not want me to say, they said, oh, you're discouraging voters from voting. You know what discourages voters from voting? Removing them from the voter rolls. In fact, they can be enthusiastic, but if you're not on the voter rolls, you ain't voting. So, look, this is a big problem, and we will not solve it by asking the Democratic Party to take care of it. We have to protect our vote. No political party is going to do that for you. It ain't going to happen. You protect your vote. The uh, cross-check program that you've done a lot of reporting on, this effort to find people registered in multiple states, massively expanded by the former Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach. Is yes. that still in effect? We've pretty... Well, there's another happy story. Kind of, you know... Um, you wouldn't have Biden as president if it wasn't for a massive campaign to end what is the one of the ugliest, most racist forms of, of vote purging in America. It was called interstate cross-check. And what it did was uh, this guy, Chris Kobach of Kansas, and can't remember his name, just think KKK. Uh, I don't usually, by the way, call people white supremacists just, you know, at the drop of my uh, hat here. Uh, he has literally been the, uh, the lawyer for a white supremacist group. Now, Chris Kobach, when he was Secretary of State of Kansas, took this program, which had already started just before him, but he took it national, where they were looking for voters who were voting twice. Hey, you know, it's a crime. You, you know, if people do vote in two states in a single election, in Alabama and Wisconsin, they should absolutely go to jail. I'll, be the, I'll cuff them for you. I used to do this work, okay? But it ain't true. So I was the only journalist, weirdly, who asked for this list of illegal voters. And I, I, they wouldn't give it to me. So I, you know, you see the hat, I'm an investigative reporter. And uh, from inside, we got these lists. They said 7.2 million Americans were registered in two states or voting in two states, a crime. That's a hell of a crime wave. So when I got the list, it said, who are these double voters? Believe it or not, guy's name... Jose Garcia, uh, James Brown, David Kim. Oh, wait a minute. They said 500, and I can't make this up, 567 guys named James Brown were also voting in other states because, believe it or not, they found not only James Brown in Atlanta, they found a James Brown in Detroit. They found a James Brown in Baltimore. So, and, but when did I they do that for list, John Smith? I, I wonder if they did that for John Smith or another white name. Well, we actually, here's, this is the interesting statistics here. This is what's so brilliant. Do you know that 85 of the 100 most common uh, surnames in America, 85 of the 100 most common surnames are minority names, like Rodriguez, Garcia, Kim, Jones, Washington, Jackson, etc. And Smith is about a split, is, is a somewhat minority heavy name, by the way. Um, and it's the most common name in America. But um, you know, after Smith, you go down, it's all minority names. That's the trick. And by the way, when I looked at the list, James Edward Brown was supposed to be the same voter as James Thomas Brown. James Brown Sr. is supposed to be the same as James Brown Jr. Now, what happened here 
is I did an investigation for Rolling Stone magazine and for Al Jazeera. And, um, you know, again, we found the victims. We found these guys, including, by the way, there was in my film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. And if you want to have a good laugh and a good cry at the same time, you can download that film for nothing at uh, Amazon Prime or gregpals.com. We are making it available. And you'll see one of the one of the people they identified as a double voter was a guy. Well, there was a woman named Willie Nelson. Mrs. Willie May Nelson, who's supposed to be the same voter as Willie H. Nelson, this um, uh, stoner musician from uh, Texas, who I, so I went to Willie and I said, so how do you get away with voting as a woman? Is it the pigtails? You know, and, he's, and he was uh, laughing, he said, are you, uh, <laughs> so um, he just kept cracking up. He kept thinking I was putting him on. It really was. He was like listed as a double voter, Willie Nelson. But this is what's interesting, by the way. Um, Willie Nelson is a common African American name, just so just so you know. Um, so that game we busted, it actually led uh, was one of the reasons why Chris Kobach, who's running for governor, was defeated because Republicans and the League of Women Voters. And the ACLU played my film 60 times in Kansas while this guy was running. I wasn't trying to defeat him. I was just trying to expose him. And um, a lot of Republicans, especially in Kansas, are very straight people. This is Eisenhower territory. They really didn't like this guy removing voters. You know, not every Republican is out to steal an election. That, that would be – that's wrong. That's not true. And uh, so some – you know, there's people of conscience. And they and so they threw this guy out of office, and his Republican successor said, "That's it. This program is over." Plus, it's a very expensive lawsuit magnet. The ACLU sued to shut it down, based on my info, and uh, so that's a happy ending. But every time it's whack a mole, you know. If you, um, in fact, you might want to put it up on the screen. I have a comic book out called uh, "The Art of the Steel" with Ted Rall on. Another explain how they steal elections, which you again you can download for free at gregpalace.com. And there's an image that shows me up there saying, I'm just playing whack-a-mole because I kill cross-check. Boom. Now it's George's uh, mover or the Wisconsin mover list, and it's George's use it or lose it postcard game. You know, so every time I turn around, it's something else. But that's what we have to do. It never ends. Um, but cross-check is a great success story for us. And believe me. It wouldn't be Biden-Harris uh, claiming victory if we still had the cross-check program in operation. Mm. So now uh, let's go back to Georgia because it's there's a recount there now, and there will also be uh, two runoffs in the for the Senate seats in Georgia. When the ACLU recently put out a report based on your research showing that nearly 200,000 voters were purged, you got a very harsh response from the Deputy Secretary of State, Jordan Fuchs. I want to quote him for you and get your response. He said, it is unfortunate that the ACLU hired a known Stacey Abrams shill to conduct research, especially when there are so many credible options on the left to hire. Greg Palast has been discredited by many across the political spectrum. I welcome the ACLU to conduct a real study with a credible source not someone who is spreading disinformation to shill for his book. What's your response to that, Greg? Oh my, I'm being accused of being a Stacey Abrams shill. Oh, um, yeah, I'm guilty. I don't, I'm not her shill. She did hire 
okay, we had these experts. Stacey Abrams paid for the experts, okay? Yeah. Um, and be, I would not give her any assistance while she was running for office. No way. But once uh, she set up a, a vote, an anti-vote suppression group called Fair Fight, uh, they needed experts they, to do the stuff. Now, remember, Greg Palace doesn't sit there going through the voter rolls and finding 198,351 people. That's done by, um, you'll see if you see the uh, Instagram film put up by DiCaprio, you'll meet John Lenzer. Okay, he's, a, you know, he's an expert in where people live. He's not Republican, Democrat, nothing. In fact, I got to tell you that Two of the three um, consulting firms that we used are affiliated with the Republican Party. I'm not kidding. This is about this is not about Democrat or Republican. It's about citizenship rights. And and so I didn't do this work. I only wrote the reports. I'm the writer, right? I wrote the wrote up the work of the experts. And Stacey Abrams was not allowed to, to even talk to the experts. You know, they had to be clean. Uh, they've never you know what? I haven't talk to the computer guys at all. I can't influence them. All I can do is write down what they did. So Raffens perjure, of course, he got caught breaking federal law. He's the Secretary of State of Georgia. Yes, excuse me, yeah. The guy you, you quoted was his uh, henchman, his uh, deputy, his flunky. And that's one of the problems, is that you got these flunkies. Look, he got caught red-handed. And is he going to tell me I, I uh, Mrs. Jordan is just uh, that uh, King's 94-year-old cousin is, is an actress? What what is he saying? Oh, it's um, what is what does Alex Jones call them? Crisis actors? Oh, she's a crisis actor. Okay, so you, Mr. Raffens Perger, um, and his name really is Perger. So you are the Persian General of uh, Georgia. You're stealing elections with both hands for your cronies, and um, you know, and you know, you're in Alex Jones territory. I'm sorry, it's expert reports. The ACLU, by the way did not hire me or pay me to do this. They looked at the, re they reviewed the information, they released the report. We kept this really as, as clean of any inf outside influence as we could on, and, and by the way, just so you know, we didn't just give this report to the ACLU, I gave the report and we've, to the Secretary of State and offered to pay for the experts to work with him and to get him a license to get the postal, to hire the postal service, we'd take care of the whole thing if he wants to really honestly make sure that voters get to vote. And by the way, no, he doesn't become a good guy suddenly because um, the two Republican Senate candidates are bitching that he ought to resign. You know, what that's doing is just saying, okay, oh my God, the, guy, the getaway driver in, in the bank heist didn't show up on time. No, you can't sue for that. I think uh, someone uh, uh, on MSNBC uh, had said it's like, you know, these are people who are complaining that they stole the silverware, but it wasn't polished. Come on. So, Greg, two questions on Georgia as we wrap. First, you know, given all the voter theft that you documented, how did these organizers on the ground, these, uh, you know, black led movements, how did they organize? How did they overcome voter theft in Georgia? Black Voters uh, Matter, Stacey Abrams, um, and other groups. How did they do it? And what are the major issues now facing Georgia ahead of this critical runoff uh, contest in January that will decide control of the Senate? Okay. Um, we worked with Black Voters Matter. They took our list of wrongly purged voters and sent out 98,000 colorful postcards 
saying, you've lost your vote, please re-register. Now, by the way, for the runoff, the registration and re-registration cutoff date is December 7th. The ugly thing about voters being purged is they don't know it. So like Mrs. Jordan, you show up at the polls and you're told you're no longer registered. So we ask everyone, and this is not just Georgia, but always anywhere in the country, two months before the election, of any election, check your registration online. You can go to vote.org or your best the Secretary of State and you re-register. Almost every state has registration online. Georgia does up through December 7th this time. Please check your registration. So they sent out postcards. They did mailings. We did a massive uh, PR operation. We're not done with it. Social networking. And of course, it didn't hurt that... Um, uh, Mr. DiCaprio released our um, two films. One is just a one-minute Instagram film with Yvette Nicole Brown uh, describing the purge in, especially centered in Georgia, and then a 14-minute film. That's at uh, DiCaprio's um, Instagram uh, story page. Or you can just go to gregpalace.com. I really want people to take a look at this. And anyone you know in Georgia, please tell them to check their registration and make sure they're still on the voter rolls. 200,000 people, and God knows who else he's removed or, or other problems. Please check, re-register by December 7th. That's what these groups are doing. We're going to be doing updated films. I just got word that uh, the great uh, Yareli Arizmendi, the star of uh, Like Water for Chocolate, uh, will be doing this, uh, narrating the Spanish-language editions of our films. So we're doing whatever we can, and these groups... Obviously, their big thing has been hunting down the voters who don't know that they've lost their vote, getting them re-registered, getting them to the polls. And now we have the other problem. And by the way, one of the big things, one of the only reasons why Biden won Georgia is that the, uh, the African-American community complete, not only ignored uh, Biden's advice to mail in your vote, but told people don't mail in your vote. Show up early for early voting. Early voting in Georgia starts December 14th. Don't mail in your ballot. Don't go postal. It's playing Russian roulette with your ballot in Georgia. The chances about is is getting up to one in three that your ballot won't be counted if it's mailed in. Don't mail in your ballot. If you have to mail in your ballot, uh, take it. Don't mail it in. Don't use the post office. You know, put. Uh, take it to a drop box, which in Georgia will not be at the polling stations. But uh, there are, you know, just look up your drop boxes, vote.org. Now, you know, I have one last question. Thing. I have one last question because mm -hmm. right now we're seeing Secretary of State Mike Pompeo refusing also to acknowledge uh, Biden's victory, joking about a that there will be a transition to a second Trump turn. The irony being that Mike Pompeo claims to be this noble defender of human rights. Even, he is, even as he imposes uh, regime change efforts on countries around the world. But there are, I think, things we can learn from other countries, other democracies, uh, to improve our democracy here at home. And I immediately thought of Mexico, a country you've covered extensively, including the um, election in 2018 of AMLO, uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president there. Are there any lessons from the Mexican election uh, and specifically from AMLO's successful campaign that we can possibly export here to the U.S.? Well, I know AMLO because I covered his uh, – the, when they stole the election from him, I not only uncovered election theft uh, you know, starting in Florida in 2000, but I, went, I was also covering the election in Mexico in 2006 when the election was stolen from him. So how did he win in 2018? He ignored the Democratic Party's advice, don't talk about vote suppression. He did just the opposite. 
like Stacey Abrams in Georgia, he made that the number one issue. He had a five five point platform. Number one was count every vote, count every vote. And he pounded it in, he pounded it in. And people understood that they're gonna steal your vote so, because it's valuable. So you're gonna go save it. So the massive, massive turnout in 2018 for uh, AMLO showed that when you raise hell about vote theft, people get pissed off and they go and vote. They, you know, they suddenly realize, man, my vote's valuable. I'm gonna go save it. I'm not gonna let these mothers steal it. So we got a lot out of watching what happened in Georgia in 18 and in Mexico in 18. Um, the Democratic Party was, you know, look, they still didn't catch on it, but I, I don't care about the Democrats. It's, it's like, again, we are responsible for our own votes. No political party. Don't ask the parties to save you. And, uh, you know, again, go to gregpalace.com, go to um, or savemyvote2020.org and re-register. By the way, I want everyone, you know, you everyone listening, Georgia not can do this, but if you know anyone in Georgia, make sure that they are re-registering. And I hope that they begin counting those when they do the so-called recount, which is BS, um, that they actually look at those ballots that were rejected by what, if, if the numbers are looking at in Atlanta are there, you know, we got 100,000 ballots that should put us off over the top, but it's only the Republicans that are reviewing the ballots. Where are, you know, I don't know why the Dems don't review those ballots because Ossoff's victory is sitting in that pile. I guess that they figure that the state of uh, Georgia is not going to count those votes no matter what they do. But I don't know what they're thinking is we have to start protecting people. So the best way to protect your mail-in vote is don't mail it in. Don't ever mail in a ballot, ever. Well, the problem with that, though, I mean, and I, I, I really hear it, but then the obvious rebuttal you'll get is that it's done to protect people from exposure to COVID-19. The way you protect people from COVID-19 is to get rid of the people that are trying to kill you with COVID-19. How about that? We have a quarter million Americans dead. We have 10 million who've been infected. You got to remove the disease makers before you protect yourself from the disease. You have basically the typhoid Mary of Corona in the White House. And this is not whether I'm for or against Trump. I'm for protecting people's lives. And you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, if you have to have to mail in your ballot, of course. But again, I told you, have it dropped off. You can have someone else drop off that mail-in ballot, but you have to fill it out extremely carefully because they'll take any excuse to, to kill it. Yeah, I know it's dangerous. I know it's dangerous. So bring gloves, bring a hat, a mask, sanitizer, two lawyers. <laughs> Protect yourself. Greg Pallas, the veteran investigative journalist, author of several books, including The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. His latest is called How Trump Stole 2020. It came out in July. You can catch all of his work at gregpallas.com. Greg, thank you so much. You're the best. Bye.